0: The primary election is almost here. Vote centers will be open May 7th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Make your vote count. Visit vote.indy.gov for more information. This message was paid for by the Marion County Election Board.
1: This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee. Brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice in home comfort. On 93.5 and 107.5, the
0: fan. Okay, I guess this is not a shocker right here, but uh, Graham is going to uh, replace uh, Stefan in the car for us uh, the rest of the week and coming Sunday. So uh, that is our announcement. I guess we're all done. First off, I think as everybody said, I certainly feel for Steph. I know how much he puts into this, you know, year in and year out, to get the opportunity to be here to see what happened to him is never good, and I know emotionally, the roller coaster he's on right now. Unfortunately, I've, I've just lived it uh, as well, and I know that he'll be back, you know, really, really strong and better than ever. As I said yesterday, I told AC, you know, everything, everything in life happens for a reason. Uh, When I got the call from Dennis yesterday afternoon, right away I felt compelled that this was. For some reason, you know, my calling was to to uh, to be here, uh, to be able to help uh, as best I as best I could, and to fill in. Clearly, this is this is Steph's ride; it's his seat. He's done a great job to get it to the point that it is. You know, and, and it was an honor for me to uh, to receive the call. So to Dennis, to Brett, to Don, everybody that made that happen, I certainly am very grateful. Well, I think tonight we can start with the Circle City Raceway news of the day. We'll give you the details coming up of their racing calendar for the week. Dennis Reinbold said, well, it's not a surprise. By that he meant because he's standing or sitting right here next to me. But I think a surprise to to quite a few. Uh, I got that one wrong. By the time I went to bed last night, I think I had figured it out that that made a lot of sense. And it was confirmed today. Graham Rahal will go from a Honda for mostly his entire career, certainly since uh, 2008, since uh, he was in the Champ Car Series before, to driving a Chevy for the first time. He is the replacement in the Dreyer and Reinbold Cusick Motorsports number 24 Chevrolet, after Stefan Wilson, unfortunately, uh, was injured and unable to drive in this weekend's indianapolis 500 hello welcome it's trackside on 93.5 107.5 the fan in indianapolis back in the studio or a studio tonight eddie garrison is in the proper studio downtown kurt cavin i'm kevin lee thank you for joining us at kevin lee 23 at kurt Cabin. if you have something for us on twitter tonight we'll talk about the burger bash a little later on thank you that to all that came out but big news for the day today kurt
1: it was big. You know, we talked last night. We started throwing around some names after the Burger Bash last night. You threw out a couple names, and I debated them with you, and I drove away thinking, you know, Graham's the one that makes sense. He doesn't have to go through the refresher program. He's, you know, about the same size as Stefan, if if such a person exists. He, um, you know, I know he's close with Ryan Hutter Ray. His dad is close. You know, friends at least Known Dennis Reinbold a long time I thought it made sense But I still thought Ultimately it would be J.R. Hildebrand But Don Cusick made a big splash And this is a You know, the other thing is the connection That uh, that Graham has with the Wilson family He drove with Justin Wilson And, yep. you know, that that just He said, it, it just compelled me It felt right And so I don't know how all the other details worked out, but the more I think about it, the more I like it.
0: Well, in my reaction, and when we got the official news towards the end of the show last night that Stefan was going, it was confirmed that he was going to be unavailable. uh, It's the same thing that I told people off the air earlier, but actually our friend Mike Chappell. The dean of the Indianapolis Colts Riders, texted me in the afternoon, and he's not a huge motorsport follower, but he said, hey, uh, does this open up a path for for Graham Rahal? And I said, no, unfortunately not. He's a Honda driver, and this is sh- a Chevy car. So, so I had to text, uh, chat back last night and said, you know, I, I think you, you actually might be right. But my reaction, saying Hildebrand and Sage Karam, was what a lot of people were saying. One, because they've driven for the Dreyer and Reinbold program recently. And by the way, Graham Rahal said in the press conference today, he had the same reaction, right? He he said, I I don't want to waste your time, Dennis, because this can't happen. Yeah, I, I, I just couldn't
1: see how it all fit together. You know, I could see how the sponsorships would work together. I could see how the relationships within the paddock, because one of the things that the outside Paddock doesn't understand is how close everyone is ultimately, you know, and as I said, Dennis Reinbold and Bobby Rahal been friends for a long time, but they've been friends with other team owners too. So my point is that everybody works together in situations like this. I just didn't see how the Honda Chevy relationship could be, you know, or the dynamic would, would allow a driver as Honda as Graham Rahal has been, to be sitting and learning from a Chevy and same from Chevy standpoint, letting a Honda driver come into their world. But, you know, as I said, everybody comes up, comes aboard for what's right with the sport and what's right for the Indy 500. And, and honestly, it's been working like that for, for a long time, but even more so maybe in the last, I don't know, 10 years, I think the Jay Fry administration has really fostered an environment of sharing and, and helping each other and working together, and I think this is an example of that.
0: So when I first heard right after we finished the show tonight, uh, last night from a a trusted source that they didn't say it was done, but just said, Graham is a strong consideration, and then I thought through it, and I said, you know what? Now I get it, Uh, and you start to think about it of how this can happen, and you get past the Honda versus Chevy thing, for a few reasons yes that is a significant hurdle to cross but as you talked about i think a lot of people in the paddock are open to the greater good and that starts with honda david salters and the people at hpd and Ch- chuck chuck yes graham is a a trusted honda representative but i think they get it that having graham ray hall in the indy 500 is good. And we don't want to necessarily stop that. So you start to think about how other things have happened before and okay, maybe we can get past that. And then you get into, and I don't know that any um, convincing would have been needed. That might've simply been the end of it is that, yeah, we're sorry that it didn't work out and you didn't make the race. um, So we're going to, do what you need to do. But the other part of it from the team aspect, let's look from Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and them convincing Honda that we need to do this. And then from the team aspect, what's more important? The engine manufacturer relationship. How much are you getting from them to pay for your program compared to how much are you getting from United Rentals, Fifth Third Bank, Fleet Cost and Care, and the many, many other partners on that car? There's going to be an engine partner for you. You'd like it to be Honda because you have a long relationship with them. But having partners with the history that they have had with those others, those are harder to come by. And I think that's where you're going to Honda if needed. And it may not have been needed. And just say, we, we've already decided we're not going to bounce someone from the car. That would be bad for everyone involved and not serve our purpose. But this is a different scenario. Someone is going to fill that seat. It's not Graham taking the seat from someone that earned their way into the race. Someone that did not qualify for the race is going to get it, and it should be us. The other side of that is how I thought this started to make sense, and why I probably shouldn't have. And and by the way, I also I should say that my source was not anyone from Cusick Motorsports. I think some would know that. My son, Jackson, is a, quote, development driver for Cusick Motorsports. He was not considered, by the way. And that's somewhat just because we share some commercial uh, partnerships to to work on that. But uh, I had traded texts with people within their group, and I didn't ask because that's not a reporter situation. And Don texted me this morning, and I said, I'm fine. I, I told him what my guess was, and I said, I'll find out at 10 a.m. like everyone else. But that wasn't my source. Um, but then I did start to think about the Q6 side of things. So you've got the Dennis Reinbold side and he's going to have a lot of say, but for Don, he has a lot of commercial partners on this car and now he needs to make the best of it. And then I started thinking about what drivers will get you the most attention for the Indianapolis 500. Is it Sage Carum? Is it J.R. Hildebrand? We love those guys, and we think they would do a fantastic job, and they would get some attention because it's a replacement driver. But Graham Rahal becomes a different story. And honestly, I wondered – I didn't ask him. I haven't talked to him about this because I don't want him to – because he'd tell me the truth, and I don't want to have to hide anything. But I wondered about James Hinchcliffe, uh, that that he's someone that would get you a lot of attention. But back to what you said – Graham not only made sense commercially, they can potentially work out a financial deal to, to bring some of those partners over. And yes, it may still be Carekeepers and Lola Sport and Fizzy Bees and all the others, but you're going to see United, Reynolds, Fifth Third Bank and Fleet Cost and Care on that car in, in some fashion. So all of that together uh, is what makes sense. And then what you touched on, the others needed a refresher course, haven't been in a car this year, even JR, who he alluded to today, he had a few opportunities to be in the race. And there were some conversations in the paddock, we think. But it's simple plug and play, even if it is from Honda to Chevy for Graham Hall. You mentioned Honda giving the approval. I see it as
1: much curious how Chevy thought about it, too. Again, allowing Mm -hmm. a Honda, you know, Person, if you will, into their mm-hmm. world to see the behind the scenes, to see how they do things, and I don't know how much a driver can learn, but a Graham is not just any driver; uh, he's some somebody who's who's very experienced, who's got a lot of smarts and a lot of savviness, and he's he's experienced a lot. So I think you know having chevy approve a honda driver was as much to me as honda letting its driver go elsewhere because there are some benefits for honda potentially if graham picks up something you know along the way so that's interesting the other thing i would i would say and i didn't really kind of get to this i wrote a you know i wrote a story after after qualifying when graham got bumped and i talked about how You know, it was along the lines of of Bobby Rahal missing the field in 93, Team Penske missing the field in 95, which, by the way, is the topper of all toppers, even with Fernando Alonso missing in 2019, but Hinchcliffe also in 2018. All those stories, Graham fits alongside of those. But I would argue that Graham Rahal might be the biggest name in this sport right now across mainstream America. He is... Array Hall. He is well spoken. He's something everyone kind of identifies with if you just tune in. I'm not sure. Elio Castroneves is huge, obviously, but Array Hall is, is pretty strong too. And he's certainly in that very, very short list of drivers that name value that you won in the Indy 500. So I think everybody kind of got it.
0: He's up there. Uh, Elio is. I think I'd still rate him higher as a four-time winner and a Dancing with the Stars winner that he kind of crosses over. But the Hall name matters, and Graham is on a lot of outlets because he's a great interview. He's interesting. He'll say what he wants to say, so uh, that has helped his cause. You know, Kanan, but th- is that more in our world? I don't know That's if— That's more in our world. More in our probably, world. Probably. Probably. And then after that, um, Grosjean, used th- because of the, because of the Formula Marco. One. I used to think Marco's Marco, still but- up there. Marco's still
1: up there. But, you know, we get the question a lot, uh, and we'll probably get it between now and Sunday. Which driver winning the Indianapolis 500 would do the most for the sport in terms of publicity across all platforms, if it can reach all platforms? And Elio winning five, which would be huge, obviously, but most people outside of our world don't know the significance of a four-time winner. But again, a legacy driver like Marco or Graham is always right there near the top of the list, and this would be as
0: well. I've said it's Graham for the last 10 years, probably. And I've always said it's Graham more than Marco, even though the, the first headline of an Andretti, winning the Indy 500 would get more attention. That would get you more coverage on Monday morning in newspapers and move up higher in Sports Center. But the longer-lasting effect, I think Graham does more for you because Marco doesn't particularly like the interview circuit. He'll do it, and he's a, a wonderful person, and he's friendly, but that's not his thing. Graham likes to talk, and Graham is good at it. And IndyCar PR has been criticized over the years as to, well, why isn't the Indy 500 winner in all these outlets? Well, because they don't get to decide that. It's producers, it's bookers that look at other interviews and may say, yeah, this guy's not very interesting. I I can't do a lot with him. They're going to look at a Graham Rahal interview and they're going to say, ooh, He's the Indy 500 winner. He has opinions. He's glib. He's quick. He's married to a beautiful woman who drove race cars over 300 miles per hour as well, whose dad is John Force. He's a story. Graham Rahal will give you the most lasting coverage winning the Indy 500. It was an easy decision when he was in the middle of his career. You know, as he maybe comes closer towards the end, not as much, but I still say it's Graham Rahal. Hall.
1: Well, he's also well rounded. You know, he's a football fan. He's a yeah, golfer. He can do it on any show. Yeah, <laughs> he really can do any show. He's a golfer. He's a he's a Ducati motorcycle t, uh, franchise owner. You know, he has. I just did a story, and it's. I I really appreciate that this was one of the better stories I've written all month. It is a story about about businessmen among the drivers and and what they are what they are doing to kind of help set their future up. Uh, financially. And Graham, he runs circles around the rest of the field in terms of his productivity off the racetrack. I once heard him say, he probably wouldn't like this repeated, but he I heard him say one time in front of some reporters that he makes five times the money off the track than he does driving a race car. Just because his dealerships and his Graham Rahal performance products, automotive Products have done so well. He's building this beautiful facility uh, out there in Zionsville next to the race team. Um, he he has just worked it and done so well off the track. And he said, "Look, my mentor was my father, who still owns like 14 car dealerships and has done. He thought as well as anybody from that generation in terms of being a businessman. So the point is, Graham's very well rounded. And you mentioned." you know having Bobby Rahal as a as a father and John Force as a as a father-in-law and and the, there he's a dad and he's a husband and he's got two cute little girls he would be great on the circuit for all types of reasons and he's an he could be an Indianapolis 500 winner now we're putting it way ahead of the the horse way up ahead of the cart here but yeah. you needed the point is you needed him in the Indy 500
0: yeah, that, that was just the, when the question came up, who does the most? Uh, chances of that happening? You know, they're not strong. When, when He's he's in a car that was had a go-kart engine <laughs> yesterday. So uh, the car has been on the track before. What did I see? Uh, I wish maybe I'd get I did a screenshot I got it right here,
1: Kevin. I got it yeah, right here. The, the Oriole David Serbia Land. car from 12? That's right. David Land tweeted out. That's where I saw it. It may have came okay. elsewhere that Oriol Servia finished fourth with this car in 2012. Is that unbelievable?
0: Well, and there are cars from that era that we've heard are still in use. There are a few, and, well, this one wasn't in use, but it is now, and there's been no change. You just have to do the update kits every time, and it was prepared. It's not like they had to uh, go and convert this. Ryan Reinbold, as we have said, does things well, and I'm sure they had one car that was ready. They had two cars. So they knew there was always a chance that one of them crashes. So maybe it's they didn't love on it, as we like to say, as much as the others. But I bet it has a good fit. Um, is it good enough? We shall see. And there are always things with that. So that's a big n- unknown. This is the biggest carb day that we've seen in, in a while. It's happened before where people have crashed on Monday and they get back out and, and put a car together for friday but certainly crashing on monday is a lot better than crashing on friday like we saw last year with colton Herta and his car on race day was just evil it it was not the same car that he had before um i want to speak on on Stefan wilson so we don't have anything uh, officially new on what's going on there other than you know we've seen some some tweets from don cusick and and it was great to see a video from steph today with a smile on his face Um, You know, he's sitting in a hospital bed, so we don't really know what things are. The Indianapolis Star had a story today talking with uh, Dr. David Schwartz, uh, who would have some information on, because when we see that he's fractured his 12th thoracic vertebrae, we have no idea, or at least I have no idea what that means. And the quote was, the doctor knew that that injury could be very bad. Or it could be something very minor. So we have a wide array of possibilities, and we certainly will hope for very minor. He says, just knowing T12 without without what kind of fracture it is, there are different degrees of fractures, it could be anything from extremely minor, where sometimes we don't do anything for it, not even a brace, uh, or somebody we put a brace on to someone who has surgery to someone who is paralyzed. And we have no, by the way, reason to believe that there is any concern with that, Um from what Dr. Viser said, what was the quote? No serious issues.
1: Yeah. So yes, yes. That,
0: that makes me feel like he had the use of all of his extremities. I, I feel, and you just have to deal with this, I feel for the doctor because there are things that you are supposed to say and not supposed to say at that point. So you have to choose your words carefully, and I'm sure she did, but that leaves me with a lot of optimism when she says no serious issues. At that point, um, that the 12 thoracic vertebrae is the 12th located just before the lower lumbar spine starts. So kind of the back of your chest kind of area. So that's where that is. And we are hoping for the best for Stefan and hope to see him back at the racetrack very, very soon. The um, the things that Graham talked about today and the connections. One story I found really interesting is he said that, Justin, we knew that they were teammates when, well, I guess that would have been in 2008 uh, when they got to IndyCar for a little while with Newman-Haas and others. Um, but he said it was before they were teammates, when he was running Atlantics, and he said somehow we were put into an autograph session with Champ Car. And I was seated seated next to Justin Wilson in 2006, and he said at that time, you know, I'm still, he's probably, what, 16, 17 years old, he's thinking about Formula One. And he said it was Justin that kind of talked him out of that. Justin told him he didn't have the right filter for Formula One, even even at 16 years old. Uh, You're not allowed to speak your mind the way Graham Rahal does if you want to survive in Formula One. So he said he stopped thinking about it.
1: Yeah, that was that was good advice, wasn't it? But I think you know, um, sometimes Graham doesn't have the right filter for this sport. <laughs> so, no, he's he's got
0: the perfect filter. We yeah, we I want know. honesty.
1: <laughs> I, I I'm kidding, but uh, it, you know, it's it's such a it just feels right. You know, it just feels right. And 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 I think it was last night at the Burger Bash. I've I've uh, chatted with a few people since since uh, this happened, this crash happened, but. Uh, but I, I just wanted people to understand this is not buying a ride. you know. And I think most of the people that listen to this show on a regular basis get that. But when Graham said, I, I want to be able to earn my way to the Indy 500, this is a different scenario. This is helping out a team, helping out your sponsors, helping out a friend. Go down through the list. Yes, it helps Graham too, but it, this is a different scenario. And again, I think most of our listeners understand that, but there are people driving around Indianapolis that may think otherwise. So I just want to make that point clear.
0: Totally agree. I see nothing that reflects poorly on anyone for this. Someone was going to fill the seat, and he was the best available option, in my opinion. Other people can disagree with that. And and I say that thinking extremely highly of J.R. Hildebrand, but even J.R. had a, a very gracious... A tweet today basically saying, Yeah, I would have loved to have done this as well, but I understand it. And in motorsport, unfortunately, the financials are part of it. And there is a financial package associated with Graham Rahal that there probably is not. If there was with JR, he would have already had a seat because he's certainly capable of running up front.
1: Hey, look, there's no question JR Hildebrand is an outstanding race car driver, but we go up and down through the paddock and statistics support this there isn't many drivers better in race conditions than graham Rahal. he might have been the best available even if he wasn't available if you know what i mean he he's outstanding uh in passing cars and moving up through the field and protecting his equipment and on down the list this is one of the best race car drivers of his generation now does he have the results no but that's not all on him. Their qualifying and his qualifying, if, if you look at just qualifying, has not been, not been stellar. But he races ex- as well as anyone. And so this was a great choice in that res- respect. I think it's, it's also interesting that he's going to be in this race because of the rules that say – a replacement driver starts at the back of the field. He'll line up next to the dr- the gentleman who bumped him from the field. <laughs> in Jack Harvey, he, Graham's quote was perfect. He said, "Jack can't get, Jack hasn't gotten rid of me yet." And so they'll start together. And of course, Christian Lungard and Catherine Legg, the other drivers at Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing, will be racing against him early in this race. And that yeah. will be a little dogfight within the dogfight. So that'll be fun to watch.
0: And Christian Lundgaard now gets out of the last row party, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah right? He does. Yeah. So so Graham is in that. Uh, and uh, Tim May, a longtime Columbus, Ohio sports writer, asked Graham about the irony of it was your teammate, Catherine Legg that knocked out Stephen Wilson. Uh, To open up a spot and Graham, yeah, leave it to the Columbus guy to come up with, with that. There, Um, as as far as we know, that the Catherine Leg car is going to be. I haven't seen anything new on that, but last we heard yesterday, that car will be repaired and they will be ready to go. She doesn't, whether she replaced the car or not, she wouldn't have to give up the spot
1: right? That's, that's correct. The, uh,
0: the rules changed, I don't know, probably 10,
1: 12 years ago. Yeah. At least 10 or 12 years ago, because, you know, you're going to lose a car from time to time, uh, after you qualify it and replacing the car, that wasn't what the, you know, the fans show up to watch the driver in the fifth row, so to speak, you know what I mean? They, they follow the driver. And if you have to change the car, largely the cars are, know, Maybe not to us, but to the the average person, the car is a car, so they didn't want to punish the drivers.
0: Well, I remember the reason stated for this is that the rules changed because back in the day, you could qualify the thing one time and you're done. And the rules changed that required you to qualify more than one time in some circumstances. There's back to a scenario now that if you qualify, uh, for example, uh, R.C. Enerson was one of those. One run, good enough, they're done. Uh, But then they've added a Monday practice again. So you're just on track more than you were afterwards. It was a one-hour carb day practice after you were qualifying, and they would run. And that's, by the way, one of the reasons why we see more activity, I think, on carb day, because you used to just simply make sure that the new engine didn't leak, uh, everything is good, run 15 laps, maybe less, and put it away. Now we see more activity in a two-hour practice because if the worst happens and you crash the car, you're not going to lose your sixth-place starting position. So I think that's an added benefit of, uh, of all of that. So that's certainly the big news of the day, and that's our Circle City Raceway news of the day. Maine Indianapolis means racing, including big-time racing on the dirt at Circle City Raceway on their all-new clay surface uh, coming up. We've got, oh, I've got the wrong read, Kurt. I've got, We're going to do this after the break. I've got last week. I can't tell you what's happening May 19th, so we'll do that coming up next. This Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is
1: Trackside, brought to you by Lux Air Premium Residential Systems. A smart choice and home
0: comfort. On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I know he didn't write this song, but he made it relevant for race fans along with producers back in the day at ABC. And I got to visit with Paul Page. I saw him in the pits over the weekend a little bit. It's always great to see Paul, who is doing fantastic. He'll be on the Indy 500 broadcast coming up on Sunday here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan and 93 WIBC live in Indianapolis. Uh, Radio, by the way, if you go to the race is the best way to have the least amount of delay, just an old-fashioned Walkman or whatever you have. Um, what That's maybe, maybe seven seconds. Maybe they remember to take it out of delay, which I think generally is the idea, and then it's maybe a second or two. If you listen on the app, you're probably going to get a 30-second to a minute delay in that regard. Scanner is the other option. If you can get a scanner, you can find the radio broadcast. I think it's... Four fifty-four zero zero zero. that's published out there. So just a tip made me think of that. Oh, by the way, Wednesday, it's the USAC Amsoil Sprint Car National Championship with 410 Sprints and Dirt Car UMP Modifieds. Thursday, USAC Amsoil Sprint Car National Championships continue along with the USAC Midwest Thunder Speed 2 Midgets. Kids 12 and under are free, military first responders, veterans, seniors, teachers discounted at Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds. CircleCityRaceway.com. I'm gonna try to answer some Twitter questions, let you had something else you need to jump in with, Kurt. No, did
1: you say I don't think you said this, but did you say Paul Page didn't write Delta Force?
0: (laughs) No, I don't I don't think he wrote the song. Did he? Oh, not the song. Okay. He wrote the intro. He wrote the he he
1: wrote wrote he
0: wrote those intros, yes. No, we were hearing the song, which is what, from an old Chuck Norris movie or something? I've actually, okay, just, uh, I'm not familiar with this song in any fashion other than the open to Indianapolis 500 broadcast, the tease. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yep. it's okay. the theme from a movie or something that, you know, from the 70s that I'm not familiar with or the gotcha. 80s or whatever. Yeah. Because I know he was, um, he's
1: he's extremely proud, as you know, of, of, of the writing he did for the intros to the Indy
0: 500. Yes. Yep. Yeah. They would and he should pictures. Be. And he should be. I I can't remember the order, whether he would write first and then they would put the pictures or they might have put pictures and then he would write to it. That sounds more likely of the, the highlights that they wanted to show. And, you know, I'm sure that, that they work together on that. Uh, OK, this is kind of going back to some stuff uh, for qualifying over the weekend. Yeah. One of the questions people have asked like Dale Jacobson, who's going to be let go from the organization after this weekend's qualifying disaster, a lot of things like that. So here's the thing, you know, and and I saw someone else really wanted, they thought Bobby Rahal, when I asked him what happened, should have had an answer for that. Well, well no, if he had an answer, it would have been fixed. And they didn't understand why he didn't, you know, he wasn't more actively involved. You're Bobby Rahal. You've hired people to do their job. His job is no longer engineering or strategizing on the race car. His job is to be Bobby Rahal and help fund those race cars and make big picture decisions and put people in, in those places. Um, and ultimately, no, they, if they knew why they were slower, they would fix it. And, and they didn't get slower. Because that's kind of one of the things I asked him is, wait a minute, you won the 500. You could have won it a couple of years ago. And kind of looking at the speeds, same car, it's that the others have figured out ways to keep getting better. And unfortunately, they, they haven't. Uh, so that's kind of why it's back to the drawing board. And to the question that I just talked about, I'm sure there are big internal conversations just trying to figure this out. It'd be one thing if it was one car that was slow. But all of them. So that's why I don't think it's the chassis, even though they were prepared to go ahead and change the chassis. They tried gearboxes. Uh, Graham told me he doesn't even think it's necessarily an arrow thing. It may be, you know, a bit bigger about how they're finding mechanical grip and and all of that. So that's one of the stories. Other question from Adam why not get dry ice, put in radiators, and use blowers to cool the engine? You're not allowed to do that. Um Did they try to fix his weight jacker? No, you're not allowed to. There are certain things that you're allowed to do in that qualifying attempt, wing adjustments, tire pressures, things like that. So if something breaks, that's why we talk about how important it is to avoid that last chance qualifying, because if something breaks, even if it could be fixed, you are not allowed to touch it. So, no, they they could not do anything. (laughs) Kevin, there's there's not
1: a, not many times when I have to hit the mute button because I'm laughing so hard. This is the Kevin Lee quote of the night. His job is to be Bobby Ray Hall. <laughs> we need a button for that that says, "My job is to be Bobby Ray Hall." That's that was. But isn't good. that right?
0: No, isn't no, no. Right? It was
1: perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, when you know Bobby Ray Hall and you know how he carries himself, my job is to be Bobby Ray Hall, and that was that was beautiful.
0: And I wasn't even getting deep like that. I'm just saying he is a brand. He is, you know, and luckily Graham is a brand as well that helps sell the team. But that team, just like A.J. Foyt Racing, A.J. Foyt's job is to be A.J. Foyt. Mario Andretti's job with Andretti Autosport is to be Mario Andretti. That's how he helps the program. Michael does a little bit more than just be Michael Andretti. Michael is a little more actively involved in a lot of things. Um, but he's also, what, 10 or 15 years younger than Bobby is? Bobby's yeah. in his late 60s. He should be able to sit on the golf cart and hopefully I- enjoy things. I think he's uh, 70 years old. Have... I think he's 70, by the yeah. way. He's a, he's a very young 70, but he's 70 years old. Why wouldn't Ray Hall have gone out for the last run and clinched his spot? Well, he's out of time. And. The only way you could make another run is you had to pull your time, which, by the way, I like. And maybe if we have time, we'll get to that. Um, I'm still not sure about the Saturday format. There's a lot of inconsequential runs during the day. And I understand why we don't want to make them pull all their times because the fear would be that nothing happens on track and they just sit there. But I think I'm to the point where I would rather see some of that and make each run mean something because they all run together when everybody's running two or three or four times. Either there needs to be a max number of attempts, so you at least have to do a little bit of strategy on it, like how many times can you visit the mound if you're the pitching coach before you have to take the pitcher out. There are limits on those kinds of things. And I think we could still – provide an entertaining broadcast if we had a stretch without cars on the track because I'll say this I had stories we wanted to tell that we just didn't feel like we could really break away from a qualifying attempt so it I waited for a half hour to and I had AJ in there and we couldn't get that on for a while we eventually did ahead of the Santino interview but wanted to tell that story wanted to talk about the fact that a big name like Graham Rahal was in big big trouble and it's just difficult to get those in. I think we could learn more personalities if we had a little time. So I don't even, you know, at one point I thought, well, let's just shorten the Saturday qualifying. But I don't think we need to do that. I think we can tell stories in the hour and a half we might have of nothing happen in the middle of the day. So that's just a little side diatribe. No, Any thoughts on I, that?
1: No, you're right about that. I'll just say this. I don't remember any qualifying day I'm sure they've happened, but there have been very, very few qualifying days in my 37 years of doing this where the track conditions were consistent from 11 a.m. until 5.50 p.m. It was the same all day, so there was no waiting on weather. Normally, you're going to go through a hot spell through the day where no one's going to run because it's not worth your time or the wind has picked up or the track is damp and... Kevin Lee and the and the fellows on TV will tell stories for two hours with nothing to do.
0: Um, oh, so back to the question: Why didn't Ray Hall go out for the last run? Yeah, that's because by the time he was bumped, they were out of time. Others asked, "Why didn't Jack go out earlier?" Well, that was the plan. That run, so they went out first. And luckily, I got a tip from someone giving me that, and I passed it along to Steve Letarte uh, as well to talk to say, "Hey, be be aware, they may run out." slow just to cool the engine. And that's allowed if you're outside of the 33. And then the idea was, if it's a teammate we're going to bump, we want the teammate to have time to react. So that's why Harvey went out with eight minutes left or whatever. And then when he failed, all logic said he's not going to go any faster, but credit to the team for letting it play out. They could have stalled him. You know, Bobby Rahal could have gone down there and said, Tell him we cannot go any faster. We don't want to hurt you. Unfortunately, we didn't make it. He didn't do that. He stayed out of the way. He let it play out. Each car um, worked to the best of their ability, and it decided who was the best. And the other questions I've had from several is everybody talked about heat soak. How did it go faster? Everyone is asking that question. I don't know. They obviously made the car better. It's not like it's horribly worse. But it's going to be, what, a half a percent, a percent, something like that. So they had to make the car significantly better for him to go just slightly faster that last run. But it was just the worst case scenario for Ray Hall letterman Lanigan.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think there was something to the cruise call to Jack to make an adjustment in the car on lap three. There was that that seemed to pick up your your colleagues noted that very quickly. And I think that that made a difference.
0: Uh, Some questions, you know, unfortunately, a a lot of people were tweeting about, hey, why haven't we seen any crashes? So uh, we won't mention those names that did not age well over the weekend. Um, But it had been ironic. And I was reluctant to bring that up because I didn't want to be the one to jinx that. But we did make it all the way through Monday. Ryan Day. Moose for trackside fastest non-Ganassi Honda. Kyle Kirkwood in fifteenth. Seen lots of races where Chevy's effort is just Penske with these others. Does that apply for Honda this 500? Do any of the other Honda teams beyond Ganassi have more than a puncher's chance?
1: Hmm. You know, I, I you'd have to think an Andretti would have a puncher a puncher's chance,
0: um, but. I, I haven't broken it. it down yet, but I don't know that I'm going to put an Andretti car. I don't know that I'm putting one in the top two tiers. I agree, no question, no question.
1: Yeah, I'm looking. Well, I can't. It's very difficult to find somebody that's uh, non-Ganassi that I think can can seriously can, can you know. You can't rule out Elio Castroneves, honestly. You can't um, Pagano the and same Son- way. Yeah, yeah Pagano the same way. I, you just can't rule them out. They have too much experience. You know, you put Elio. Elio was in this car two years ago, and and pulled it out. You know, you get him in the last the last segment of the race. You know, in that lead two or three, he's got
0: a shot. I I also want to talk to people too because I know Kyle liked his car and race configuration. So you know, after I talk to him, he might be able to convince me that he's got a real chance. He's in my section. Colton is another one that I would be curious what he thinks about his race car, whether that is a real possibility. Brian Taylor asks, if hypothetically Catherine Legg's car was not repairable, could she take Graham Rahal's bumped car or are there restrictions on that car since it posted a time? No, I don't think she could take that car. Because it was entered, so they would have to take another car from the Rahal stable.
1: And my guess is, uh, they ha- you know, they have one.
0: Yes. Jahan asked, do you think Ryan Hunter-Reay has a picture of him at the Burger Bash last night, knew when he was there? Um, yeah, I think he did. I, I think he knew of the possibilities. I don't think it was done at that time. I don't think it got done until later last night. But I'm sure he, you know, being close to Graham and the team talking, And I'm sure he knew what the possibilities were. John also has a picture of me with Dr. Kelvin Lee and you on the stage. And he says, next year, invite Snoop Dogg and you'll have Kevin, Kevin, Calvin, and Kelvin. Calvin is Snoop Dogg's name? I believe it is. (laughs) I guess it is. Scott Cooper, as Ryan Briscoe did in 15, replacing Hinch. Will Graham get a private session on Thursday to shake down the car? No, he won't. And, And Briscoe had not been on track before. So if, if it had been Jair Hildebrand or Sage Karam or anyone else, they would have had to have a private session for going through the rookie refresher session, correct? Correct, correct. They would
1: not have put him out there in the midst of uh, the, the practice session on,
0: on carb day. Okay, we'll see if we can sneak more in a moment and see what we've missed next on Trackside. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Graham Hall, and you're listening to Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Final segment, Kurt, what have we missed?
1: I think the only thing I would add to the Graham story, and we've covered it pretty well here, is that he gets to bring his Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan spotter Clay Filson, which will be a help to him. The only thing he really needs to learn is engine mapping and the steering wheel, which will be different. He can't bring that with him from from the Ray Hall team. He's got a lot of learning to do in a short period of time, but he's pretty good, so I like his chances.
0: Will Shunk says the presser this AM said there are not many drivers on the short list to step in. If it happened with different drivers and Catherine Legg was not a five hundred qualified driver, would a ten year removed leg be considered on the short list in twenty twenty three to fill in?
1: Hard to say. I think that'd probably
0: I think that'd be discouraged. Uh those conversations come up, and I don't think a team would be likely to choose someone who has not been in a car for ten years.
1: I think depending on who the
0: driver is, could be done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and in, in this circumstance, I think Hildebrand would have been the perfect choice for a lot of situations. It's just Graham was was there
0: as as the alternate. All right, out of time. We will talk again tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Up next, more on the history of the Indianapolis 500 with Mike Thompson and Jake Query. Beyond the Bricks is next. Thanks to Eddie Garrison in the studio. Podcast up in just a little bit on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.